From WXVU and the Caritas Commitment, this is Think Negative. I'm Jack. And I'm Chrissy. And Jack. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited about our guest today. You know, we had Father Peter last week, and that was wonderful. He shared so much, and we got a lot of good information out there. And quite honestly, we're seeing the effects right now from that conversation play mm-hmm. out. Definitely. So today yeah. we had, um, you know, a little number increase. We'll probably see it for a few days. But really, our guest today is going to talk about what happens, like, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea. Like, I've been involved with the university's planning of how we are dealing with COVID on our campus at, since March. But I know nothing about the contact tracing team. Right. So here we are today. We have Mary Agnes Ostick. Mary Agnes, thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And so, Mary Agnes, today we are going to be talking about the contact tracing and what it's like uh, for your team. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I know, because I've known you a long time, mm-hmm. that you have a lot of skills. Some of them play out in your role here on campus mm-hmm. as a nurse right. and practitioner, nursing practitioner. Right. Nursing and um, also on th- in theater. Love theater. Yes. So I know you have a lot of skills. <laughs> Contact tracing, I did not know was one of them. Right. <laughs> and and this is I last year. <laughs> so um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, who okay. you are, where you work, and then maybe, I don't know, Jack, if you had a specific question, but I think we just like describe contact tracing for us. Absolutely. So I'm happy to be here in this office and I am um, a nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse practitioner for a long time and I've been at Villanova for 21 years and I work in the health center with great people. And um, I just want to say that last year when COVID came around and we started reading all the stuff on the CDC website, there was talking about contact tracing. So we took that information and we started devouring that and um, we realized that if we were going to come back in the fall, we were going to have to have a contact tracing team. Mm-hmm. And so it evolved because people on campus like Michelle Dickinson from IT and Mike Duncan and myself and my colleagues got together and said, we need to be able to see who gets COVID and who their close contacts are. So we put a program together. Michelle has been so invaluable to us every single day with our Excel spreadsheets and our numbers, and that's where so Michelle we works day. with Unit. No, she no. works with Unit. Yes, yes, yes. yes she works with Unit. So this is like a cross absolutely campus team. I will start by saying today, as I was walking up here, that I have met so many people, and 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 not that just met them, but worked with people that I've never intersected with before. Yeah on such a deep level because right. of this pandemic. Right. And it's been beautiful. We have shared laughs. We've shared struggles together. But I think what we're doing, and now that we're halfway, halfway there, what we put together is working. Yeah. And we're seeing the, we're seeing the benefits of it. So you have a team of people, and they are all in the health center? or So this is the beauty of it, too. So right off the bat, administration said, do what you need to do and hire who you need to hire to get this together. So we were permitted to hire um, RNs who are on our team. We started with registered nurses because they would be able to educate and really be able to understand disease processes, right? So we have seven nurses, counting myself and one of the other full-time nurses, Bernadette, and nurses that we have hired on a temporary position to be here with us to um, 
that started, right? So that's seven nurses. And then we had volunteers from the university, from athletics, from student life, and now the athletic trainers are on board with us, and they have all taken course, the coursework that they needed to take to become contact tracers. And so our staff is 25 strong. Wow. We have an army of people. And we where are, there. are you? We are in the conference room at the Student Health Center on the third floor, and we are there seven days a week, 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. at night. In shifts. In shifts. And we've been there a little bit later on days, but yeah. we're getting our mojo. Our mojo's on. We're yeah. good now. We know how to do this. It's good. It's good. So, so do you want to know how a contact tracing person works? Yeah, absolutely. What's a day in the life? Right. So first of all, a person may be identified as, as having COVID. They have a positive test. That chart comes into the nurse in, in the contact tracing room. She then picks up the phone and calls. It's the personal contact, right? You've been identified as a person, you know, or they've come to the health center sick, where we have a red zone. My colleagues are in full PPE, 12 hours a day, testing people. Mm -hmm. And then um, we get that chart and we, we interview that person and say, okay, where do you live? Are you, you know, what's your dorm? Are you in a sport? So we're really getting the data of where this is happening in real life time, mm -hmm. every single minute. And then they ask them who your close contacts are. It's really important to deep dive into what a close contact is. It's not somebody you're passing Bartley. It's somebody that you've spent more than 15 minutes, less than six feet, with, with or without a mask on. And they say, where, did you go to lunch? Did you go, where were you? And it has to be, you have to backtrack 48 hours before the positive test. Following that, now we have a very popular girl who has... 10 friends who she thinks are all identified as close contact. Um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. The positive, the positive person uh, then gets a disposition, either through our Caritas commitment, we've said less than 300 miles, you need to go home and make those arrangements. Or if they can't, if there's a hardship, or if they are greater than 300 miles, they get a bed in our health center or one of our designated dorms. Mm -hmm. Moriarty is, is the one right now. And then they are transported by public safety to that place and then the people at the inn who I can't thank enough and the chef at the inn and his team will provide meals three times a day to um, all of the students that, that may be sick. Right and I, I'm involved a little bit on that side of things so I know there's like a staff member that's at Moriarty all day it's either public safety or a volunteer staff member that is there making sure that if there's any non-medical needs that the person who is in isolation can reach out to. So the, the contact tracing team like starts there, but right. it, it kind of ends when they get discharged from exactly. wherever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the people that are involved, custodial care, facilities, mm -hmm. res life, advancement who has reached out. What do you need? I mean, there are so many departments here who have come to our aid. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic, yeah. Um, uh, how do students typically react when they get one of the calls? Not that they have a positive test, but that they've been in contact. Right, right, the close contacts. Most of the time, through social messaging, they know before we call them, mm. you know, which yeah. can be problematic because <laughs> now they're going like, I think I'm a close contact. So we tell them, hold your phone, hold the phone. Here's what we're going to do. You're a close contact. We talk to them with one phone call. First phone call is where do you live? And we determine whether they are going to go home or they're going to go to the inn at Villanova or wherever we're going to mm -hmm. put them to um, be a close For, contact. That's, close contact is quarantine. Quarantine. Right? Okay. 
COVID positive, isolation, 10 days. Right. Close contact, quarantine, 14 days. Doesn't seem fair, but that's the way it is right. because mm-hmm. of the virus. And so um, we tell them pack their bags and come to the health center and we're gonna test you. And we do things called batch testing where we'll bring all the close contacts over. They have to stand six feet apart. We have a tent out front. The nurses will be downstairs for an hour, an hour and a half and, and, and test all these people. So before they go home, they've had a test. Before they go to the end, they have a test. If they're negative, they go to those places in quarantine. If they're positive, now we know they're positive and we bring them to the health center. So that's how that goes. Okay. And so as like a follow-up there with Jack's question, last week Father Peter mentioned in his message that went out on Friday and then also in our discussion with him on Think Negative that the honesty is so important. So what what has been your experience with that? And it's kind of a follow-up of the student reaction there. But right, how right. They're actually they're appreciative mm-hmm. that they're being contacted. This is not what they signed up for. They don't want to go into quarantine for 14 days, but they understand the importance of it. And often in our contact tracing room, you hear the word, the Caritas commitment that you made before you came back to school, mm-hmm. ask of you to do this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're, 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 they, they realize that they made that commitment and, they're, and, and they do. They also, get, they also get contacted a lot. We at Some of our volunteers that came over from athletics and and from um, the Office of Disability, these guys, that are they come over. We text them every day. How are you? What are your symptoms? We pick up the phone and say, how are you doing in isolation and quarantine? It's hard to be by yourself, right. you know, those days. Yeah, We've sure. reached out to, to the counseling center. Can you pick up the phone and call this kid over there? She's having a hard time being there. She's like, I can't wait till I get down to single digits, you know. So that kind of campus ministry has reached out, trying to send things over. So... Um, yeah, they're, they're agreeable. Yeah. They're not happy. It's not what they signed up for, again, like I said, but they do it. They do it. They understand the importance of it. That's excellent. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? Right. We've been talking about that, the Community First, the Caritas Commitment, is part of why we're even having the podcast, you know, to educate people, inform them, so we, know, we all know what we signed up for. Right, right. And I have to say that Michelle Dickinson has, has run some numbers for us and said, you know, what you guys is are doing is working. We've put, yesterday, I haven't seen how many yet today, but we put 475 people into quarantine since August 17th. Now they're out of it, you know, it flows in and out, right? But a very small number of those people, like less than, I would say less than uh, 14%, I think she said, but I think it's even less than that, um, that have really turned positive. Some of them, we test two tests when they come in. One is a rapid one, and then one is the PCR test, Mm -hmm. which is more definitive. So some of them, um, they're in isolation, then we find out actually their test was positive, and we bring them over, and that all gets taken care of. But I got to tell you, it's because they're out of the community. Right. CDC says get out of your community within 24 hours. I can tell you our numbers, we're getting them out of the dorms be- less than three hours. Right. Somebody did mention that to me the other day. They were said, like, your contact tracers must be doing an incredible job mm-hmm. because we did see the numbers go up, you know, in the last two weeks. And to be able to kind of capture that that's correct quickly so that the spread wasn't exactly even larger exactly that's exactly what happens with this yeah and on the other side like our students though we did see that there was gatherings that were happening that we've discussed Mm -hmm. that that shouldn't have happened in larger numbers than we would like to see like for the most part our students are staying Mm -hmm. commitment committed 
to smaller gatherings and knowing who you're with. So right. knowing those those close contacts. So. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of smaller gatherings, do we want to talk a little bit about the on the green stuff? Oh, yes. I know. Yes. And um, Mary Agnes, thank you, yes, thank so, you so much, much. about... Um, yeah, you could you shout out to the student health center. Yeah, oh, shout, shout out, out to the student health center, center nurses. Oh my god, you are incredible, and the people at the end who are my new best friends. I know, <laughs> and to Michelle Dickinson, and I, and to custodial and Fred in the student health center. Like I want to, I feel like I'm getting a Tony Award today being on this podcast. <laughs> and if I were, I didn't want to forget anybody. But please, to everybody out there who has reached out to us and helped us, I. From the bottom of my heart and everybody at the health center, we say thank you. Yeah. Well, no, well, we have to thank you, yeah. and 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 you know, along with your thanks to the those people, the community. If there's one thing, you know, our podcast is called Think Negative, mm-hmm. right? We want mm-hmm. negative tests, but on the positive side of all of this is that we I have seen such gratitude mm-hmm. it, from the students. Like I was talking to a faculty member the other day, and he was saying that his he feels like he, he's in person here and his students are so appreciative. They say thank you more than... Yes. You know, and I, I feel that, that yeah. us here, we're here. Mm-hmm. And those that are interacting and, um, you know, the support that the students have, the support the faculty and the staff have, I think we're all very appreciative for, for all of the teams that have come together to, to make it happen. So... But Jack did the like yeah. lead in there for on the green, so we Sounds will do. Awesome. We did the shout outs to the student health center and all of those who have been supporting. But I have to do a plug yes. for our on the green programming that's starting um, this week. So tonight, tonight, well tonight, well tonight's Wednesday. So and you know most of you will be hearing this on Thursday. But uh, we have pumpkin carving and uh, bunt cakes. Who doesn't love bun cakes? So, uh, but then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week, we have these on the green programs with fire pits, food trucks, and my hope is that the community first programming will continue for the rest of the semester. Uh, we had a great turnout. Jack, ten minutes. Fire pits were all reserved. So you know, oh, it. I didn't by, even know they went up. Yeah, in thirty minutes they were. Uh, all of the programming was pretty much uh, booked, but we're going to continue doing things. And I was saying earlier, even to Mary Agnes, that we had um, some interest in some donor support to pay for some of the the programming. And, you know, it's just, it is a community, community first initiative. And I'm looking forward to seeing people outside this weekend with some s'mores on fire pits. (laughs) It's going to be so fun. That's awesome. So, great work. Yeah, yeah. Great work. So, but thanks again, Mary Agnes, yeah. for Thank being you here. So me. Thanks, Jack. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, too. And I'm so glad I volunteered for On the Green because it sounds like that's the only way I'm going to be able to get there. But, <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, well, I think that about does it for this week on Think Negative. Uh, remember to keep your V's up and your masks on, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>